Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. The German theologian Diedrich Bonhoeffer once said, and this is one of my favorite quotes in the world, one act of obedience is better than 100 sermons. Just one act of obedience is better than 100 sermons. I say that maybe specifically today because some of you unfortunately have heard me preach over 100 sermons by this point and um, never necessarily followed through with one act of obedience in your spiritual life. And one thing that God is making very clear to me in this season of ministry and in this season of our church is that it's really time through boldness for some of you to step out a little bit deeper in your faith, regardless of what that might look like. Now, when I say obedience, this is what I'm talking about. A life-altering decision or life-altering decisions that change or to change the direction of your life. Sometimes acts of obedience are small. They're always hard. But sometimes the ramifications are small. And sometimes acts of obedience in our lives are large. They're huge. They change everything about the way that we do life. So what does this look like for you right now? Give up the pornography. That's where some of you are right now, men and women. It's time to take that step. It's time to talk to someone about your issue with alcohol that maybe you've mentioned to me. Maybe you've not mentioned to anyone. But it's time for you to step out with your addiction issues or with your alcoholism and say, I need help. I know I'm stuck. It's time for me to go forward. Start serving in the local church. You know that you've been here for three or four months. You know that you've been here for five or ten years. And you know that God is telling you there's some way that you can use your talents or your gifting in the local church. It's time for you to step into that. Give more money away. Adopt a child. If that's something that you and your spouse know that you'll be calling to do. End the toxic relationship for good. Listen, if you've been in this relationship with this guy or this girl for five to seven years, maybe longer, and you break up and you get back together and you break up and you get back together and all of your friends are telling you this is a wreck, maybe it's time to start paying attention to that. Immerse yourself in Scripture every day. And you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. At this point, it feels silly 
to talk to seasoned believers and people who say that they have a walk with Jesus, that you don't have to pull them away from Netflix. You don't have to pull them away from iTunes. You don't have to pull them away from these other things. But the fact that they're not grounded as a reality in their life around Scripture, I just don't get that. But some of you need to step forward in obedience in that area of your life. Stop hiding. Stop hiding behind a facade. You see these challenges in front of you. You do. Yet you never act. And I can't think of anything as willingly tragic as disobedience. The New Testament church moves forward as an act of obedience. We're starting to talk about in Acts the church scattering. And this happens as an act of obedience. People suffer and people struggle and their lives are turned upside down as an act of obedience. And a lot of people in the ancient world that we're talking about today, and still to this day, die as an act of obedience. And I say this with uh, seriousness to every follower of Jesus that is in this room right now. Disobedience will kill you quicker than cancer. It is the anxiety that will keep you up at night. It will constantly keep you up and remove you from the ability to have healthy relationships. And if you're able to move through life and none of these, this anxiety, this difficulty, this tension isn't real and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, well, you have a very, very, very serious problem. Welcome to church, everyone. I love you very much. I'm glad you're here today. Uh, We're in week 16 of our series in Acts. Week 16, we're going to go through 19 weeks in our series in Acts called Unstoppable Church. The church has started to scatter. This is when it gets really, really exciting because we're starting to move beyond Jerusalem. The church is starting to scatter, and it's this amazing thing. We've got this new hero in our story. We talked about him a little bit last week. His name is Philip. We talked about his story with Simon the Magician, and we're going to talk about him a little bit more today if you will turn to Acts chapter 8. We're going to be in Acts chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 26 through 40. If you want to follow on your phone, you can. If you want to look up here on the screen, that's perfectly fine as well. But obedience through Philip's journey is what we're going to be talking about today, and I pray, I pray sincerely as I have all week that God challenges you to step out of your complacency, that God challenges you to step out of the view of society, of what a good life is supposed to look like, and experience the goodness and the growth that comes through a relationship with Jesus. And this is what we're going to see in this man named Philip today. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. That's where we're going to be. And this is what the passage said. Keep in mind, last week Philip is just getting started. He encounters Simon the magician. We talked about that, and this is where we are today. An angel from the Lord spoke to Philip at noon. 
Take the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. No, that doesn't even sound good. All right, nobody wants to willingly take the desert road. But what does it say about Philip? So he did. Meanwhile, an Ethiopian man who was on his way home from Jerusalem, where he, had, he met an Ethiopian man on his way home from Jerusalem, where he had come to worship. He was a eunuch and an official responsible to the entire treasury of Candace. Candace is the title given to the Ethiopian queen. He was reading, this is the eunuch, the prophet Isaiah while sitting in a carriage. The spirit told Philip, approach this carriage and stay with it. Keep in mind, he's just walking down this desert road. He's trying to follow where the spirit is telling him to go. And this is something that he just happens to run into. Running up to the carriage, Philip heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked him, do you really understand what you're reading? The man replied, without someone to guide me, how could I? Then he invited Philip to climb up and sit with him. This was the passage of scripture that he was reading, that the eunuch was reading from the scroll. Like a sheep, he was led to slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he didn't open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was taken away from him. Who can tell the story of his descendants because his life was taken up from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, about whom does this prophet say this? Who's Isaiah talking about? He is talking about himself or someone else. Starting with that passage, Philip proclaimed the good news about Jesus to him. As they went down to the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, water, what would it keep from me being baptized you know, today? He ordered that the carriage halt. Both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water where Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Lord's spirit suddenly took Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip found himself in Azotus. He traveled through the area preaching the good news in all cities until he reached Caesarea. So again, last week we're talking about Philip the magician, I'm sorry, Simon the magician, and then all of a sudden on Philip's journey, this is the next thing that he runs into. Now, eunuchs held a very strange position in the ancient world. They often held important offices and might even have been considered wealthy. On the other hand, they're looked down upon as sexually defective. If you're not familiar with what a eunuch is, a eunuch, just hold your breath, men. A eunuch is a man that has been castrated, usually for the purpose of guarding an important woman, which is the case here with this queen. So I guess you could say that the viewpoint is he can't cross any boundaries or do anything bad if he can't use what he once had. Long story short. Philip had no intention, no intention whatsoever of running in to a eunuch on this particular day. Nonetheless, we see Philip sensitive to the Spirit's leading. This is what obedience actually means. It's sensitivity to the Spirit's leading. If there is something in your life that is causing destruction or damage to others. If there is something in your life that is con uh, con 
causing destruction or damage to you. If it's something that's hurting a brother or sister in Christ, if it's something that is breaking down your family, it is something that you obediently deal with. Scripture is very, very clear about this. So he senses the Spirit's leading. My heart and my desire is that us, you guys, we will be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Not that a leadership team or a pastor or some people who have been Christians for a long time, but for some of you in here that have made professions of faith fairly recently, that you will be sensitive to this leading. The passage tells us this, an angel from the Lord spoke to Philip at noon, take the road that leads from Jerusalem, from where everything good is happening, to this place called Gaza. This is the desert road. No one, none of you wake up in the morning and say, well, you know what? I think today I'm going to take the desert road. I think I'm going to take the hard path. I think I'm going to do life as difficult as I possibly can. No one does that. But what does the passage say? You're told to take this broken road. You're told to take this difficult way. You're, you're told to go this way that makes no sense. So he did. And the question is, in your life, whenever you're stepping into this every single day, when God is giving you the opportunity to speak with someone about Jesus, when God is giving you the opportunity to breathe life into a difficult situation that someone is going through, are you actually taking advantage? The Spirit told Philip, he even gets more specific, approach this carriage and stay with it. You see, in the late summer or early fall of every year, and this is just showing a little bit of my OCD, uh, what I start to do is develop a church calendar for the following year. I start reaching out to some of our leaders. What are some of the events that you guys want to do next year? I start to put together my sermon calendar. And the goal and the desire with all of this is to try to be as intentional with everything that we do as possible. All right, so I start to develop this. I've already started to develop it for next year, but this is what ends up happening. I have to be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. So I know some things that I want to preach to you guys next year. I know some things that I want us to talk about. I know some things that I consider to be very important, but every single year, this is what happens. Somewhere in the middle of May or somewhere in late August or maybe even really early in the year, God says, no, the church doesn't need what you plan to preach. The church needs this. And I'm like, oh gosh, well now I got to go back and study and look at all this stuff and go through this and re-prepare and do all these things. And that's what it means to actually be sensitive to where the Spirit is actually leading us. So I want you to hear this. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, and that's the thing, like a lot of people do, even if they don't go to church, well, I'm a Christian, I associate with, I, I grew up in church. Some people are much, much, much more specific about that when they call themselves a follower of Jesus. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you hear about our desire to scatter this church and send people out, which is what our calling is as a church, not to build a mega church, right? not to have a place where we've got three or 4,000 people, but instead as we get a group of people that are being discipled to mobilize those people and to send them out the same way that we see here in Acts. We talked about this in a vision series at the beginning of the year that some of you will remember called Good Ground 22. 
All right, so if you understand that, and you know what we are, I want you to understand this about Philip, because this is everything today. Philip was sent from a place of ministry success. Everything looked good. The crowd was growing. They loved the preacher. The the worship was dynamic. He was sent from that to an isolated location. He was sent from an oasis of strong worship, strong leadership, healthy relationships, to a location that showed no evidence of church planting or hope whatsoever. And this is what obedience looks like. And the reason I'm telling you this today is because a lot of people that have come to this church, some of our friends and family that are not with us today, have come to this church because it's an exciting place, because we care about your children, because we deeply value our community, and because we're growing in a very, very healthy way. But what if there is a situation 18 months down the road, or two and a half years down the road, or five years down the road, When you are called to leave this place and be part of a new gospel movement in Jonesboro or in Elizabethan or in Sulphur Springs or in Kingsport or wherever, what happens whenever you have to leave that or leave this? So this is what I want you to think about today. For those of you that have heard over a hundred sermons but never had one act of gospel-centered obedience in your life. If you need to take a picture of this, take a picture of it. If you need to hurry and write it down, write it down. But it's this. Every act of obedience in your life will begin with a path that does not make sense. It's not going to make any sense. Your life is not going to make sense on paper. I can promise you that. My life has been spent in the last several years looking horrible on paper, but amazing in eternity. And that's just a fact. People question me all the time what are you doing? Every act of real obedience and stepping away, and I I am serious, because there are some of you in this room right now, and I love you, but you are stuck, and you are making a conscious decision to stay stuck, and you are destroying yourself, and your family will reap the ramifications of this disobedience. Every act of obedience in your life will begin with a path that does not make sense, but will always lead to a radical abundance of fruit. And that is something that you cannot see today. And you're probably not going to see it in a month. But whenever it showers down upon you, And you begin to understand why you are really here. Oh, I hope I'm talking to some people today. Because we need you to step out. This is not a one-man show. 
This is not a leadership team. This is a movement of the Holy Spirit that is not confined to Boone's Creek. It will lead to a radical abundance of fruit. You can not, you simply cannot bear the fruit if you are unwilling to walk this Philip Desert Road that, listen to me, looks and feels like disaster. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. Well, we always took these wonderful family vacations. And retirement was exactly where we wanted it to be. And everything looked wonderful. And now we're breaking down and setting up this church plant? God called so-and-so to ministry? You, you mean so? God called that person to ministry? It's obedience. It's following through. And there's little else that really matters. Look, you can read this until you are blue in the face. You can pray for a mammal and your friends and everybody else until you're blue in the face. But until you truly take a step forward on the desert road, you've just never started. And here's what some of you are saying in your mind. You may not realize right now you're saying this in your mind, but you're saying this. Well, I'm going to go where Matt goes. You know, so if Matt, you know, within this system that we have, and we're scattering, if Matt goes to Elizabethan because that's where he's from, or if Matt goes to Jonesboro, that's where I'm going to go. And you know what others of you in here are saying? You're saying, I'm sticking with the mothership. I just live five miles down the road. This is where I'm going. This is my home church. I've been here forever. I've been here for 15 years. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay where the well is already producing the water. That's where I want to be. Listen to me, child of God. Please hear this today. Don't waste your life in spiritual infancy. Don't do it. Be bold. Carry your cross. Live the story that God has for you, not someone else's. It is mighty serious in here today. Live what he has for you. Life is incredibly short. Eternity is incredibly long. Live what God has for you. Discover your gifting and use it for the glory of God. Every act of obedience in your life will begin with a path that does not make sense, but will always lead to a radical abundance of fruit. You cannot be, and listen, the fruit is everything. No, my 401k is everything. No, making sure my children have this and that, that's everything. The fruit is everything. It's why you're here. And you will never Bear the fruit if you're unwilling to walk the desert road that looks like disaster. So what is the first sign of this fruit that we see for Philip? It's the baptism of this eunuch in this random carriage on the way to Gaza 
out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. This was not on Philip's planner. This was not on his itinerary for the day. This was not something that he had planned to do, but he was directed by obedience in his life. This is what the passage says, verses 36 through 38. As they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch says, look, water, what would keep me from being baptized? You've explained Jesus to me. I'm new. I'm new all of a sudden. You've told me the story of the gospel. What would keep a person like me from being baptized? He ordered that the carriage halt. This is the eunuch. He ordered that the carriage halt. Both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water where Philip baptized him. This is important. Philip's not dwelling on the awakening in Jerusalem. Keep in mind that things are still amazing in Jerusalem. You know, Jerusalem's that place we've been reading about for how many weeks? 14, 15 weeks, where they just keep increasing in numbers where people are healed, where it's like Holy Spirit revival. Every time you take a corner, you, you see this new community of people that are helping their brothers and sisters that don't have much, that are struggling. This is what we've been talking about the entire time. Jerusalem is just bursting with revival. But in this moment, Philip's not thinking about that. He's thinking about what some of you guys did when this church started, going to this location that doesn't even look like a church and setting things up and thinking, man, this is so hard on my kids. This is so hard on my family. But brothers and sisters, it's worth every single bit of it. To spread the story of Jesus. What else could we be doing with our lives? What else is important. And some people, and I'm not knocking this because I really, really advocate for dis- discipleship in the home and it's important. And some, some people say, well, it's just for this time, this season to minister to my family. No, to all the nations, to everyone around us, we're all called to be evangelist. So this is the call that Philip sees on his life and this is what he's doing. So he takes him down, he baptizes him. He's not dwelling on the awakening in Jerusalem. He's not daydreaming about how great things were at the mothership. Things were great back in Boone's Creek. It was amazing. God was doing wonderful things there. He no longer needs Peter to preach at this point. He's walking in obedience. And he's bringing the fire with him. He's bringing it with him. The Holy Spirit isn't stuck in Boone's Creek. It wants to go with you everywhere that you go. The Spirit thrives as a force of mobility. So when I look around this room, I don't see healthcare providers and teachers and business owners and students and retirees. I see missionaries. And I see church planters, and I see prophets, and proclaimers, and visionaries, because that is what we are called to be. And this still, I'm going to stay in my seat, sit in the same place, and this is going to be my experience of God. This is the livelihood of the church. It was never, ever intended to be that way. But these things will never come to fruition if we willingly live our lives 
in a state of disobedience. And that's where some of you are. You know there are things that you're supposed to give up. For some of you, this, this disobedience is just simply in not saying yes to Jesus for the first time. What is it worth? What is it worth to gain the whole world? And as the passage tells us, lose our own soul if we settle for spiritual infancy and complacency. Never put a stamp on that and call it Jesus. Never put a stamp on that and call it Jesus. One thing that I stopped doing years ago was saying never. All right, I stopped saying never a long time ago. And this is what I mean. Whenever I was out, you know, living my life apart from God, I said, I will never go back into ministry. That's not for me. I, I just confused all that. I will never go back into ministry. I also told Beth whenever we got married, <clears throat> excuse me, when we were dating, I will never move back to Tennessee. Now I'm doing ministry in Tennessee. So I want you to be very careful about saying, God's never going to move me from this church location. I want you to be careful, and I don't care what your skill set, your talents, your gifting is, about being careful about saying, God's never going to call me into some form of ministry. Or say no to what God is calling you to do. Gospel movements do not begin with a speaker on a stage like this. That's not how they start. They start with everyday people who are willing to take in their lives one single act of obedience. One thing. And they start to move forward. It just becomes this crazy, contagious thing. And if you've ever been around it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. One thing in a person's life that they have to sacrifice, that they, most of us have that big thing, that they have to lay at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, I am yours. The desert road is scary, but I'm willing. I'm on board because I'm going to tell you something for what it's worth. I may not look like much, but other people, they may abandon you. I've got your back. And other people in this church, we have your back because you're going to move them forward as well. And most importantly, the Son of God is pushing you forward, letting you know that in this world that He's departed, you still have an advocate in the Holy Spirit and you can do it. One act of obedience better than 100 sermons. So some of you in here that are in here right now, you don't need another sermon. In fact, lunch is probably feeling real good right now and you're ready for me to finish this one. You don't need another sermon. You don't need another Bible study. You don't need another podcast. You don't need another YouTube video. You've had a lot of those. You need one act of obedience. One step forward in the darkness of your life in which you're willing to say, Here I am, send me. Everything changes. It is super scary and super amazing all at the same time. 
and everything falls apart, and then everything comes together, and it's this radical way of life that we just can't know otherwise. Passage tells us again in verse 29, the Spirit told Philip, approach this carriage and stay with it. Approach this carriage and stay with it. You know what it says then? It doesn't say, well, Philip considered it. Well, Philip thought about it. It says he ran to it. He ran to it. And that dark, hot, desert road transformed into a beautiful baptism from a hopeless man. And you know, God provided some low-hanging fruit. He was already there reading the scroll. And he says, what does this mean? I can't understand it. And Philip says, well, I can tell you. can tell you can't understand it. He said, what does it mean? He said, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you what this looks like. As we close today, as you think about where you are in your life, let me say this one more time. Every act of obedience in your life will begin, because that's where you are today. Well, if I, if I do this, if I give this up, what's my life look, going to look like? How hard is this going to be? I can't financially make sense of this. Every act of obedience in your life will begin with a path that does not make, my, my life makes no sense. But it will always lead to a radical abundance of fruit that you will not find anywhere else. You cannot bear the fruit. You cannot know this life. You cannot know the goodness of God. You can't experience full human flourishing or what it means to be a strong creature in this world if you are unwilling to walk the desert road that looks like disaster. If everybody will look up at me for just a second. This is your moment. For the sake of your own life and for the sake of those around you and for the sake of eternity, bear the fruit. Bear the fruit. With all heads, heads bowed and all eyes closed. There are some of you in this, here this morning that your mind may be racing through several different things that, you know, you just got to surrender. And you may know that you can't surrender that on your own and you need help. I can go ahead and tell you if you want to keep this to yourself and make it a little secret, you're going to have a really, really hard time. Because I've tried that. Is sin shameful? Yeah, it's pretty shameful. It's not fun to talk about. But when you come forward to sacrifice and say, I'm done with the things that are breaking you, Sometimes, even if it's not today, and it's, or it's later today, you need to grab a hold of a brother or sister. You need to call them on the phone. You need to send them a message. And you need to say, I need help with this. 
I just don't know exactly where to start. And there are others of you in here, listen, your prophetic voices, your teachers, your hospitable servants, your people, you're the people that move the needle forward just because of the way that God designed you. Let's not stop this thing with two or three people or with ten people. Let's see a mighty movement of God. It starts with you. If he can use Philip, if he can use Saul that will become Paul, if he can use a denier like Peter, he's dying to use you. So as we pray just in a second, I want to invite you guys as the band stands back up uh, to come forward if you have something to lay down today. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness. God, we are nothing without you. And God, I pray that the chains fall off today. And God, that there are people in this room that refuse, refuse to leave and go back and return to who they were. Because in you is that zoe or that life, that abundant life that continues to give without effort. Father, I pray that you break our hearts and that the Holy Spirit moves among us in a mighty, powerful way. We pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.